We're going to be talking a little bit about joy this morning, and I thought I'd start by having Micah share one of the things that fuels or brings her joy. Uh, for me personally, one of the things that brings me joy is seeing something uh, maybe people think is ugly or unusable and turning it into something beautiful and pleasing to the eye. So I love doing things around the house. There's always a demo day or a project going on in our house, whether Josiah knows it or not. Um, for instance, one day after having our first child, I was like, I think I'm going to go downstairs and clean the bathroom. And he's like, okay, sounds good. Three hours later, he comes down and he's like, are you okay? And I go, uh, yeah. And he goes, what are you doing? And it looked like kitty litter was all over the floor. And what I did was I removed the popcorn ceiling in our basement. So there's always some Something to be done. I love to make beautiful spaces even more beautiful and appealing. And one of my goals in our home and um, anywhere we go is to leave things and people better than we found them. So that brings me great joy. And with great joy also can come some things that aren't so joyful. And joyful, um, Josiah, what are some things that kind of maybe suck the joy out of you? And uh, we've had some neighborhood uh, riffraff coming around our home. So why don't you tell them about that? It's true, and my comment on the home renovation stuff is that we are really handy. And what I mean by that is she is really handy. So <laughs> it's true. She said, she said that she has more tools than I do, but we're married, so it means we have tools. So we're in it together. And um, funny thing is she asked what, like, robs my joy or steals my joy. There's an ongoing battle in our neighborhood, and what it is is squirrels. We have giant holes in our garbage can that's outside of our home because squirrels have literally bitten holes in the plastic, and there's giant holes. So four out of the seven days this week, I found that as I opened the trash can to throw the trash away, and it's like negative 12, you all know you brave the cold, and if you're streaming online, maybe you have a hot cup of coffee or tea, careful out there if you go outside I'm just saying because at our house I screamed I squealed I let out some noises because squirrels jump out of our trash can right at me not making this stuff up folks it's true four out of the seven days and this morning I wanted to preach with a sense of joy so I didn't even fight that joy I didn't even fight that battle there's garbage in our garage because I didn't even want to deal with the the battle I'm gonna call the company that provides a trash cans because I think it's it's just getting rough it's getting scary out there <laughs> it's true but that can steal our joy there's battles that we're all fighting some of them are strange some of our are humorous but some of them are deep and true and I just believe this that it's an all-out war for our souls and I think that there is a real enemy in the battle that we're fighting and some of it is I think the the chief aim of the enemy might actually to be to steal our joy you know what I mean because if, if Satan can can steal your joy he may believe that he's already won the battle and so we're going to be talking about joy and more specifically encouraging you in the area of cultivating joy and uh, starting with an acronym of how to spell joy I think you can all do that it's not OJY or YOJ it's spelled J-O-Y and the acronym with that if you're taking notes is Jesus first other second, and yourself third. And I think the order of that is really important. And I'm not saying it in a way that is like self-neglecting um, or even self-sacrificing. It's just putting God in its, his rightful place as Jesus first, then others around us second, and then lastly ourselves. And when we do that, 
it's a recipe for joy. And Micah, you want to kick us off? Well, I just think about every time we get to January 1, something happens. There's a New Year's resolution. There's goals. There's things that we want to accomplish. There's things that we want to see God do in our personal lives, in our families. And on December 31st, I am revved up. I'm like, yes, this starts tomorrow, meaning January 1. And then by January 2, I've already felt like a failure, right? Whether it's a diet, whether it's a read your Bible through the year, every day of the year, whether it's pray, whether it's whatever, fill in the blank. And we just want to encourage you today that wherever you are, whatever God is doing, he sees you, he knows you, and he's already there. Whether it's something in the future or something in the current situation that you are walking in, Jesus is there. And while we are in this waiting period, um, we want to talk about the first thing. And it's number one, it's if you're taking notes, it's find joy in waiting. None of us like to wait. If you wait for your food at a restaurant, it can't come fast enough. If you're waiting for COVID to be gone, it's still lingering around. If you're waiting for that family member to receive Jesus, well, the pre-believers, we're still praying for them too. There's always something that seems like we are waiting for personally. And we are impatient people, but we serve a perfect God who sees us and he He's already meeting us there. So I believe that God does not um, share promises or put dreams in our heart to tease us. He doesn't put dreams and passions in our heart to tease us. He puts them there so we fully rely on him because apart from him, we can do nothing, right? And once we realize who is at the center of our life, the center of our home, the center of our ministries and the marketplace and our families, we can begin to then understand how do we enjoy the joy process of waiting, right? For example, I, we work with a lot of young adults, and a lot of them wanted to be married when? Yesterday, right? They wanted to be married yesterday. Whether they're 21 or they're 35, they wanted to be married yesterday. And I can honestly relate to that. When I was about 25 years old, I was praying for my future spouse. I was in a season of waiting, desiring to be married, desiring a family, a home, starting that next age and stage of life. And really, God was having me in this holding pattern of waiting, waiting. And I remember some of my friends and family members said, Micah, there's joy in the waiting. And in order to you to, for you to accomplish that, you need to be whole with God. You need to be praying. You need to be seeking his counsel. You need to be in the throne room and in his presence because there is a character building process that needs to take place in the waiting. And I just want to encourage you, maybe there's um, something that you're waiting for specifically in your life, a family member to accept Jesus, a healing, a miracle that only God can fulfill. Whatever it is, we can still find joy in the waiting. And um, during that season of my personal waiting, I was reminded of the same verse that Jacques had shared during worship, was Isaiah 43, 19. I'll just start there. And it says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Hello, people. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and in and streams in the wasteland. And I just remember God downloading things to my heart like, Micah, I am doing something new in you, in the calling that I have over your life. And if you are in the waiting pattern and you can't find the joy in it, take a deep breath and have God reveal to you, God, what is that new thing you will have me do? And sometimes it starts with, what is that one th new thing you want me to start today? Maybe it's a thought process. Maybe it's an action. Maybe it's removing some clutter from your physical home because it's cluttering your spiritual home. And I was in a season, and I'm reminded of that verse because I was in a season of preparation, and God had personally had to put me there for me to experience the joy of the Lord in a season of waiting for the promise, right, for that promise. And we just came to encourage everybody today to seek joy in the waiting 
and allow God to prepare for whatever he has for you on the other side of that mountain, which is breakthrough. And no one likes to wait, right? We said that already. Nobody likes to wait, but there are many things that are worth waiting for. And I have been able since then of um, preparing. I was single for three to five years um, before we got married. And since then, God has completely blessed our marriage, our ministry, our children. Uh, We have a home now. And just the process of waiting, because I don't want to wait to wish my life away. I want to be living in the presence of God and enjoying even the pressures of the pains, right? So no matter what you're waiting for, we should all have something to look forward to. And having something to look forward to in 2022 is hopefully something that's on your list. And like Micah was saying, the only thing that I can think of in our life that illustrates this point as far as waiting is having two daughters that sometimes ride with us in the back seat of the car. I think there's two types of waiting. There's one that's like, oh, are we there yet? It's like the tolerating of waiting. Um, the other is like, are we there yet? We're going to Nana's. Are we, Nana, 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 are we there yet? Are we there yet? And that's the excitement. That's the what Mike is talking about is like, we have something to look forward to. And with Jesus, there's always something to look forward to. And I think that Dallas Willard said this famously, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. If you're like me, and I know I am, we are hurried people. We're impatient people. We're people that like to move and shake and do things and wake up with an agenda. Yet, this is what he's saying is that there's joy in waiting. And similarly, the second thing that we're taking notes about is choosing joy in suffering. Just like waiting and just like that process, we can tolerate waiting or we can tolerate or, or, you know, we can look for with eager anticipation and expectancy in waiting. Suffering is similar to that. And I can't think of a more countercultural message than this of choosing joy in suffering because suffering is not something that I'm like, sign me up. It's not something that I'm like eager to apply for. It's something that I'm a little bit lackluster in and a little bit okay, apprehensive of, of suffering. And this is the thing about Jesus is um, he is a God of suffering. He, he's the one who was bruised and beaten. And I heard and, and actually read Oswald Chambers write this in My Utmost for His Highest. He says that if, if God broke his own son, What makes you think that you're going to escape from life without a bruise? There's pain. There's suffering. And and I, like Jacques said, like, I read about it. But understanding that when it applies to me is a lot more challenging. So we're going to choose joy in suffering. And our choices affect others as well as other people's choices affect us. Sometimes we're afflicted with suffering because of something that somebody else chose. I remember being in fifth grade and my uncle had been battling depression and actually lost that battle and chose suicide. That choice sent a reverberation of suffering in our family and pain in our family. I remember um, it impacted me to becoming a perfectionist, to dealing with tension headaches. And if you talk about suffering or pain, sometimes that's emotional and physical and it's intertwined in the spiritual. And this is what Paul says in Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. 
I'll say it again for the people like Josiah. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And looking at the character of Paul, the author of this epistle in Philippians, he was shipwrecked, beaten, imprisoned. He knew a thing or two about choosing joy in suffering. It's actually likely, I read that one scholar said this, we probably wouldn't have the prison epistles if Paul wouldn't have been imprisoned. So, so much of our theology, even on suffering and on joy, literally wouldn't exist if it weren't for Paul being accustomed to being in prison, being shipwrecked, being beaten within inches of his life. Hello, suffering. Yet here he is choosing joy, like living out. It's not like he's sitting in prison and, or, or making something up that's purely hypothetical. He lived out this message with such authority, with such authenticity. He's saying that there's a purpose in your pain. There's a significance in your struggle. And I, it might be a job loss. You might be streaming online and facing health challenges. Or there might be extreme financial obstacles or challenges. There might be a death in the family, mental health challenges, feeling overworked and underfulfilled. And in order to experience victory, there has to be a battle. Like we're in war and we believe in victory, but there's a battle. And later on in my story, I had debilitating tension headaches for three years. I think some of you in this room actually prayed with me and for me and contented in it. It wasn't like the first prayer instantly healed. And that confused me as a young child like I'm praying about this mom dad god why am i not healed yet hello are we there yet and and i'm suffering there's pain there's a struggle there's a battle going on and it was about 3 years of daily headaches had gone by lots of appointments doctors mris cat scans unanswered questions invisible pain on the outside yet very tangible on the inside i had tasted darkness familiar with depression and there came a moment of surrender in my story in my narrative where i surrendered even in the midst of that pain and that suffering and i actually chose joy remember being in eighth grade not far from here in a chiropractor's office fell asleep in a doctor's office true story took a little nap was waiting and woke up no headache. Have not had a tension headache since. And we don't fully understand the theology even of healing, except that it's a sign of the resurrection, except that God chooses. And ultimately, all of our healings on earth are temporary because about 100% of us throughout if you read the scriptures, about 100% of people, except for a few that just were instantly walking with Jesus in eternity, like we all still have a death to die. 
but we believe in the power of the resurrection. And I just remember like darkness in God turning out the darkness in my life and bringing life. I remember him turning pain and bringing dancing, turning sorrow into joy. And, and one of the frequent questions that we get now that Micah gets, why is Josiah happy? Like, is, is he happy all the time? And the answer is no, I still face pain and I still face suffering. But if you could have seen how dark things looked or how much pain that I was in, I think you'd understand that it's not just the power of positive thinking, but it's actually choosing joy even in the suffering. Because of joy, there's always, because of Jesus, there's always joy in suffering. And Micah, what else? Well, I think even to take it one step further with Paul, he says to live is gain and to die is gain, right? So we have something to look forward to no matter what we're facing, and we know that we serve a God who's still seated on the right hand of the Father, and we can offer that thanksgiving back to him. And that's the third point is experiencing joy in breakthrough, experiencing the joy in breakthrough. And I don't know if you're guilty like I am, but there are so many times where God does have a breakthrough moment in my life, and I forget to thank him. I forget to praise him. I forget to go back in my journal and look through all the things that he has done in his name for me, not what I've done in my name for him. And so sometimes I think we rob the, the joy, um, even of the Lord, of saying, Lord, thank you. Thank you, one, for choosing me to be your child, two, for me having a relationship with you that I get to serve you. I don't have to serve you. I don't get to pray to you, or I don't have to pray to you. I get to pray to you. And I think sometimes we start shifting our heart and our mindset, and we're just like, instead of focusing on the negatives like that video showed at the very beginning, I'm going to focus on the positives. What is God doing? What is he wanting to do, and how can I team up with him? Not what hasn't he done yet. If we say, I'm going to keep praying until that breakthrough moment, until that breakthrough moment. And I think one of my favorite stories is to look at the woman who is uh, the bleeding woman in, uh, chap in Mark chapter 5, 25 through 34. She's been bleeding for years. She's been excommunicated from the community. She's considered unclean. And Jesus and the crowd are passing through. And guess what? We know we serve a God who is a healer, right? We serve Jesus who has paid it on the, on the cross for us to experience wholeness. And I'm going to start reading that because I love this story. In verse 25 of Mark chapter 5, And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought... If I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her healing stopped, and she felt it. She felt it in her body, and that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized the power had gone from him. He turned around in the crowd and said, "Who touched my clothes? Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you. You see the people crowding against you." His disciples answered, "And yet you can ask, who touched me?" Everybody's touching them. Everybody's running around. They're bumping shoulders. It's pre-COVID party. <laughs> but Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Who had done it? Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. I love that. The whole truth. She held nothing back in this moment. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace be freed from your suffering. 
And so many times I think that we suffer and we want the breakthrough moment, but are we willing to reach out to God for the healing? Are we willing to reach up to God for the healing? Are we willing to reach out to ask for prayer and to humble our hearts to be like, oh my gosh, I got some major stuff going on in my life. I need to be healed emotionally, physically, financially. It takes a humble heart to ask for help. I don't know if anybody else has a hard time asking for help. Sometimes I do. I'm like, I can do it all. No, guess what? We can't do it all. And we are put on this earth in community with one another so we can sharpen each other and be sharpened. And to th- I think when she bowed down before Jesus, that was a sign of her heart bowing to him, of saying thank you, humble, humility. She had it. And even though... This is one of our favorite songs. It's called The Waymaker. I don't know if you've ever sang it here. I'm sure you have. But even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop working. And Josiah loves this phrase. I don't know if you got it from somewhere else or if you made it up yourself. But when, when we're playing checkers, God is playing chess. Right? We think we got the checkerboard. God is playing chess. There's so much more and behind the scenes that God is doing for his name, and he wants to use us to do that, but we need those breakthrough moments at times. And either here or in heaven, we're going to experience some form of breakthrough. We should desire some form of breakthrough. And like the woman who desired to be healed, she had to kneel down in the dirt, probably crawl to him, get on the floor just to touch him just to touch him. And are we on our knees in the throne room looking from a touch of God? Are we on our knees in the throne room looking for a touch of God and expectant to see that he's willing and honored to love us where we're at and to accept us through matter what? And John Piper says this, in Christ, it is only a matter of time until there is only joy. There is only joy. And this is something that Josiah has said, and I absolutely love it. And Josiah, will you just share this right here? Oh, yeah. We're all eternal beings. You know, Ecclesiastes says God's written eternity on our hearts, so we're all eternal beings living the temporary human experience on planet Earth. It's just our condition right now as the human one. And, uh, you know, there's only joy in our future, and I love that joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit. I think it was about five years ago on the first Sunday of 2016, I'm pretty sure, maybe that's six years ago now, um, we heard a message on the fruit of the Spirit, and it was a nine-year challenge. might take about a decade, but pick one fruit of the Spirit that you want God to really activate or you want to really experience in your life. And I I know for us, as we go out of 2021 now into 2022, joy is that fruit of the Spirit that we need more of, that we're coming to the end of ourselves and experiencing the beginning of God. And so there's waiting, there's suffering, there's breakthrough, but all of the trials are temporary. The King is eternal. And so I'm just going to invite us to stand across this place. And if you're online, we're just going to kind of move into a, a moment of reflection. And as you're able to stand or pause or just um, focus on God and kind of um, bow our heads, what we're going to do as we're able is stand, bow our heads, and uh, just going to ask you three questions. The first question is, if you are looking um, and, and in a season of waiting, and just looking for that joy in waiting. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. 
we want to pray for you if you're waiting on something. Yep. <clears throat> Thank you for those hands. We're waiting on God, and we don't wait as people without hope, but we wait actually as people. We might feel in the darkness, but we're waiting with God. And while we're waiting, he's working. And uh, the second question is, if you're actually in the midst of pain or suffering, we just want to take a moment and pray for you. Invite you to raise your hand if you're, <clears throat> yep, suffering. Okay. Okay. And lastly is if you are on the brink of breakthrough. Maybe you're contending in the prayer room with God and you're believing for more of him, less of us. <clears throat> cool. We see those hands. Well, dear Heavenly Father, God, we just pray right now as people who are waiting. God, as we are already but not yet. And would you teach us to wait with hope, to wait with joy? God, would you help us to find joy even today, even this afternoon, maybe major or minor, but will we experience a new joy in the waiting? And for those of us who are experiencing pain or suffering, we just ask, God, that you would help our attitudes and minds shift, that you'd actually renew our thoughts, renew our minds. God, that you'd help us to find joy and to choose joy, that we'd actually choose joy in truth, nobility, righteousness, purity, love, things of admiration, excellence and praiseworthy. Would you help us to renew our minds and to choose joy? And lastly, God, for those of us who are believing for breakthrough, that we sense in our spirit that you're about to move, you're about to do something, help us to perceive it. Help us to see not just the temporary, not just the mundane, but the miraculous. God, give us a prophetic word. Help us to truly experience joy. That's our prayer for this church and those live streaming. God, is that we would experience your joy in 2022. So take us to that place, God. We want to depend on you. We want to delight in you. We love you so much, God. Would you just see each person? God, would you help us to know that we're on heaven's radar? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.